0: Hey everyone, this is Fernando Fibai from the Borski's metal band Moonspell.
1: Brian Fair from Shadows Fall. Gary Hall from Exodus and recently retired from Slayer. Phil
0: from Violence here.
1: This is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder.
0: This is Christian from Lions
2: at the Gate. Yo, 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 Igor Cavalera here.
1: Hey, this is Charlie with Anthrax. I just want
0: to give a shout out to Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. The podcast to get all your rock and metal news plus reviews. new episodes dropping every Sunday, make sure you tune in. Keep rocking with Pedal to the Metal. Check it out now. Keep it metal.
1: Yes, what's up, everybody? We are back. We took a a little bit of a a two-week vacation, kind of. We're trying to get a a lot of things sorted out here on Pedal to the Metal, but also uh, with my other podcast, which is... um, Eddie's 31 days of Halloween. We're trying to get that prepared, that ready to go. We've also been working on tons of stuff, you know, getting the T Public page going. We've been floating some ideas. I'm gonna post one that I had. I don't think I'm gonna actually do it, but uh, it would be a pretty badass hockey jersey uh, if I did do do so. But I don't really think I'm going to. But, anyways. It's great to have you guys back. It's great to be back with the show uh, to get it rocking and rolling again. We've got a great show for you guys today. We've got Bands You Should Know Artists, Unsigned Band of the Week. We've got all that good stuff, rock and metal news. Uh, Yeah, that's what we're doing. But uh, for right now, I just want to remind you guys that if you want to follow the show, you can do so by clicking on any of the links in the description below. And also, I'm going to be including another link this time this week. Because Yours truly Is running to be the new face Of horror That's right I've always felt That there was a strong connection Between horror movies And heavy metal Because they're both Rebellious in a way And they're both Non-respected In a way As far as like mainstream movies And so on and so forth I always felt that way You know what I mean? So I always felt that heavy metal and horror movies were kindred spirits. And why not? You know, we celebrate it. So if you guys could go ahead and vote for me, it would be fucking awesome. I'll put the link on there to be the new face of horror. We're going to try it. I tried it last year. I went through a bunch of rounds. Didn't quite make it towards the end. This year, I want to make it out of my bracket. That's what I'm aiming for. Uh, and aiming actually to win you know you always aim to win. that's what that's what any competition is about is aiming to win. Uh, so yeah we got that going. Um, one thing I want to talk about real quick and that is I don't understand why anybody I saw our website I'm not gonna name the website but they reported on it and I was just like why waste your time watching an award show? ...to a network that no longer airs music videos. You know what I'm saying? It's like... It's just... I guess the MTV Video Music Awards have been around for so long, you know... ...and they have such a rich history that they just kept it going. I don't know, but if you ask me, it's a complete waste of fucking time. I don't know why any website would waste their time, especially one that covers metal would waste their time covering that award show. It's just a fucking abomination. You know, I mean, I can understand if YouTube decided to do the YouTube Music Video Awards, then it would be something legitimate, and you probably wouldn't have idiots running the show. Let's just be honest. But, of course, the MTV Video Music Awards had an award show, and they had... um, I believe, the best rock music video, right? And the only bands, I guess, cool enough, if you want to put it, uh, they had Lux Eterna by Metallica. They had Lost, the original version from Linkin Park. And then they had The Teacher by the Foo Fighters. But some group called Manskin or Mainskin is the ones that ended up winning. I don't know who the hell Mainskin is, uh, but their video for the loneliest which I'm sure you can find on YouTube and not on MTV, uh, pretty much won it. So there you go. But again, it's like, you know, I always say that the MTV Video Music Awards is in the same category as the Grammys. It's an award show that is run by people that do not understand music. And that's as, as simple as it gets. You don't understand music. You understand pop music, And you understand the charts and what's selling and what's streaming. But you don't understand great music. Because there are so many great metal albums that go unrecognized week in and week out. Month after month. And the Grammys don't recognize it. Not to mention that. But they also disrespect metal fans all the time. With their in memoriams. Forgetting people or or just messing something up. I mean, look at it. Look at this. I mean, sham. The Grammys are a sham. The MTV Video Music Awards are a sham. Everything is a sham. You know, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So I don't understand why Metal Injection would waste their time. Just saying. I get it. You need something to report. And you need something to write about. But don't waste your time you know what I mean especially on a channel that used to stand for music television wow MTV what a concept Uh, All right, so that's my whole little rant on that I just I didn't even know that the fucking thing still aired to be honest and one day I was flipping the channels and and there was some commercial because I think I was watching wrestling or something and there was some commercial for the MTV Video Music Awards and I was like dude that's still a fucking thing MTV hasn't aired videos in over 20 years. Like, how the fuck is that still a thing? I, I exaggerate saying 20 years, but you get what I'm saying. But how are they still doing that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Not my problem. But, all right, we're going to uh, shift gears here, and we're going to check out our first bands. You should know artists, and we've got a special one. Because anytime I find out a, a band is from Portugal, I get excited. That's where my family is from. We are Portuguese So it's so cool to celebrate, you know, something that hits so close to home. And for that matter, Portuguese Black Doom Metal Project in a forest arc has officially signed with Wormhole Death Records, where they'll be reissuing their debut album, Buried Giant. That's right. Led by the mastermind, multi-instrumentalist Mario Pereira. Known for his work with Eternal Morning and A Forest Dark, is poised to unleash a torrent of haunting and immersive soundscapes upon the world. Remember, their debut album will be re-released on October twentieth, 2023. Mario Pereira, being excited about this collaboration, has this to say. He says, I am very happy to announce my unholy pact with the mighty Wormhole Death Records. It is an honor to join the team. Together with Wormhole Death Records, I'm positive that In a Forest Dark will ascend to new heights, unleashing dark sonic creations upon the world. Prepare yourselves for an immersive journey through the realms of doom, black, and gothic metal. The darkness awaits. So without further ado, let's check them out. Make sure you check them out. We will have a link for them in the description. So here they are. This is In a Forest Dark. And this is their track, Where My Heart Went, right here on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast.
0: It's time for Rock and Metal News. Presented by Eddie Monster.
1: All right, Rock and Metal News time, all you metalheads out there. A lot of people were wondering what it meant when Ishan and Emperor had reunited. Like, would we finally see... New music from Emperor, who is one of the most epic black metal bands of all time. But unfortunately, that might not be happening. In an interview with Grim Gent, Ishan basically said that Emperor's final record, Prometheus, The Discipline of Fire Demise, was essentially pretty much a solo record. And that is basically a solo career uh basically spans over twenty ish years. Which is a little disconcerting for fans out there, especially knowing how much we love our bands and stuff like that. But um, you know, apparently the the the, the opportunity to do anything creative as far as Emperor is concerned isn't exactly a huge window, if if I'm being honest with all you guys. Uh, Here's what he said. He goes, It kind of came to a very natural conclusion. In the sense that by the last, I eventually started writing more and more of the material. And by the last record, I did everything. And Prometheus was kind of, I did that very much as a solo thing. And it goes still under the Emperor umbrella. So creatively, when there's no melt anymore, and uh, Samoth and Trim were doing Zyklon, we wanted different things creatively. At this point, it doesn't look like there will be new music from Emperor, but I've said a lot of no's in the past. Also like there would be there would never be another Emperor show. And I feel stupid when I say stuff like that and end up doing it anyway. So just not to open the box, but it's like I won't I won't make myself into a liar if the situation should change and the planets will align. With creativity and stuff like that, it's very, very, very hard to tell. Because it's a very open channeling process. But so far, I'm very, very. I get to. Yeah, I've been releasing full length albums consistently, more or less every second year since I was 16, and continue to do so. So I'm a very happy place. And uh, yeah, there you go. So they were celebrating their 1997 album, Anthems to the Walking at Dusk. That's why, uh, if you did get a chance to see Emperor, you were very, very, very fucking lucky. I would have loved to have seen that, uh, but basically, Ishan is is such a talented, talented musician. I love a lot of the things he does, even what he did with Trivium's uh, Matt Heafy uh, was pretty good. But uh, yeah, so there you go. If if you were looking forward to that, uh, don't keep your hopes up. But he also, I mean, but he also says, "Hey, you know, uh, one of the most unfortunate things about being in a band." And being in a band for so long and, and, and trying to do a tour is the nightmare of whether people show up or not, right? That's always been a band's nightmare. Like, we're doing this tour. Can we pack the building? Can we, you know, do these things? We had heard earlier in the year that Gotsmack had to cancel their South American tour because of low ticket sales, Right. Basically nobody bought tickets So they had to cancel the whole entire South American tour Well now that same thing Apparently has happened to Flotsam and Jetsam And for those of you guys who don't know Who Flotsam and Jetsam is They're the band that Jason Newstead Started in before he went into Metallica So there you go There's a little history lesson uh, But basically They had to cancel their tour Due to a combination of low ticket sales And logistical issues and here's what they said in their statement we had a logistical nightmare even trying to secure transportation and crew for this short run there's so many great bands on the road right now that it's making touring very difficult in what is a very saturated market we had an important crew member bail on the tour at the last minute for undisclosed reasons but the final straw was finding out that the ticket sales were poor We definitely don't want promoters to lose money booking our band, so we'll reschedule at a time that makes more sense for them. We apologize to the fans that we were planning on coming to see us on these dates, and we hope to see you on tour soon. And, yeah, I mean, it sucks. It sucks. You know, it's never easy, and we know that modern times have been kind of tough for bands lately. Um... You have to literally, I think, be very in demand to garner anything um, as far as you know ticket sales and stuff. And it's too bad because you know Flotsam and Jetsam is a great band. They were going to be on tour with another great band, Generation Kill, which features a former Exodus singer, uh, as well as Misfire and Wolf Tooth. So that's kind of unfortunate um, that they had to cancel all of this. So, hopefully, in the future, we will see Flotsam and Jetsam again. Uh, one of the, this is this next story is just bonkers, in my opinion. Uh, we've always heard about, you know, hardcore shows can be pretty intense. Well, there was apparently an incident at a Cro-Mag show that basically involved somebody getting maced, somebody getting stabbed, and lots of assaults. Um, that's right. Basically, uh, from what I'm reading, it's, uh, guys a part of this thing called Destroy Zine, uh, were macing people basically at the merch table. And apparently, they stabbed vocalist and bassist Harley Flanagan with a razor. This is just fucking nuts. Um, yeah, apparently there was just a violent incident between two staff members, according to this, um, which should never be happening, man. I mean, where the fuck is security during all of this? Uh, but here's what um, I believe this is from uh, from Harley himself. Great show tonight with DRI, with the exception of one, one incident. A few people that everyone thought was with one of the bands, but turned out to be turned out not to be caused a ruckus and one of them pulled out mace by the merch table. I got sprayed, my son got sprayed. Everybody in the room was gasping for air. A few people had to leave. I actually got sliced my ass cheek as I was trying to pull him and my son apart. The guy who did it got the shit beat out of him by several people. My eyes were burning and snot was coming out of my nose and I couldn't see. I didn't realize I was cut till I got to the hotel. I just thought my pants got torn. I'm still not exactly sure how or why it all started. But according to everyone at the club, um, him, his girlfriend, and his friends were being assholes all night. Two of them had ski masks on and were selling magazines and stuff. This is why we all thought they were in or with one of the bands. All I know is that shit did not need to happen And shouldn't shouldn't have happened. There were kids at the show. A 5 year old. A 7 year old. A 10 year old. And my friend's 15 year old son. And they could have been sprayed or hurt. These assholes obviously came to the show for problems. Because they had Mace. A stun gun type baton. And they dropped a bag that had a suture kit. With stitches, needles and iodine in it. So they might have been expecting something. You don't walk. uh, Expecting something. You don't walk around with stuff like that or bring stuff like that to a show unless you're expecting problems or looking for them. I had to play the set with my eyes and skin burning. That is nuts, people. That is nuts. He continues. But besides that, it was a great night and a great show. Thank you all for coming out. I saw a lot of old friends and made a lot of new ones. But that shit was nuts. But I'm not going to let it ruin what was otherwise Good time. DRI put on a great show. I love those guys. Thank you for all the positivity despite that shit. And don't worry, we will be back. Unfortunately, I think we need better security at shows. You think? You think? Jesus. Uh, In a separate post, he wrote I'm just glad that I got cut and not my son. That could have been my son's neck or face. Everyone who was Mason assaulted will be pressing charges. These people contacted us, asked for an interview. We were put on the guest list. Um, Asked for an interview. We were put on the guest list. They showed up in ski masks, armed with mace, a baton, some kind of a stun gun. And a searcher kit fell out of their bag with stitches, iodine, and everything that one would need to repair a wound. So they obviously came with the intentions of starting something. Anybody who saw anything, please step forward. This incident took place before we even got on stage. And there were children in the room who could have been injured. Uh, Apparently the staff from Zine are basically saying that something completely different happened that night. And according to this saying that Flanagan attempted to sexually assault their editor and photographer. And once... They refused Flanagan. There was an outburst of violence where lives were threatened, according to this. Uh, And here's what they said. As soon as I can pull it up. We were invited by them to do an interview, and not soon after he made unwanted advance on our editor-photographer. He even touched her. She refused his advances and confronted him, so he threatened their lives, and they threatened to break her arm. He also threatened to break out... Legged and then, dude, I don't know what this guy's writing. He also threatened to break out legged and then he flipped our table and they all jumped one editor. While we tried to get free and save ourselves, then Harley brought out his knife and threatened us and stole our money. We had to fight for our lives, damn it. They attacked us from all sides and even pinned two people down. Two people from the crew held our editor, photographer, down and said they were going to break her arm. While Harley got on top of her. Six people from their crew beat our editor while he was on the ground. We're lucky to be alive and not stabbed because Harley from Cro-Mags is known for stabbing people and raping girls. We didn't know that until after the fact. Or we would have never accepted their invitation to the show. They even claimed to be giving us press passes. But we never saw the passes and they all attacked us. It felt like premeditated assault on us. Alright, I mean, dude... Why, like, like, like Harley said, you know, I don't know. This is all gonna get figured out. I'm not gonna try to take sides right now and say who was, who was right, who's wrong. That's why you get investigators involved in shit like that. But I mean, if if Harley claims what he claims is true that they brought that kind of a kit, then obviously you were looking for something. And then if the Destroy Zine is right, then I don't know. I guess they're right. You know what am I supposed to say here? Uh, All right, we're going to take a little small break it's time for our unsigned band of the week and our band is coming all the way from Georgia that's right they are a four piece metal band that is looking to reset the world's minds on metal and I am 100% behind them and we're here to check out one of their tracks that's right let's get it on Dead Reckoning, Mediocalypse Right here, right now on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the podcast. back everybody more rock and metal news here for those of you who are wondering when new music from corn was going to be coming out never fear because apparently 2024 is almost near that's right And corn according to brian Hedwelch, who was on the joe kingdom perspective said that there is music coming out uh basically said new music coming out next year i don't know we just kind of in hiding right now, just doing our own thing, which is promising. The only question, though, um, that is always going to be brought up is what is Fieldy going to be doing? Is he still in the band? Is he playing on the new record? We know he went on, on hiatus back in 2021, and he played on Requiem. We know that, but we don't know... What exactly is going on And we know that he said there was no beef And then we know Fieldy um, Ended up I think coming out with his own music And we they have Rod Diaz who used to be in Suicidal Tendencies As their live bassist But the question remains What is Fieldy going to be doing Is Fieldy going to be a part of this Or is Rod Diaz Going to be taking over on writing duties For Corn? Uh, you know I think generally in my opinion fieldy is a huge 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 part of corn and i don't they've never made a record without him and while it would be interesting i think he brings some sort of dynamic uh to the band in my opinion and i think it would be tragic to see that end um so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to just wait and see what happens. I mean, I can't speculate what Fieldy's doing. I don't talk to Fieldy at all. I'm not that much of an insider. But I, I'm hoping that he does come back and that they can they can keep doing music and whatever. Or if he just comes back and just does music and then raw plays it live, I think people would be okay with that. Uh, speaking of bands that have come back, It Dies Today is streaming their first single. In 9 years called Buried by Black Clouds Make sure you check it out It is on YouTube right now as we speak And somewhere in the world Billie Eilish is fucking blasting this music We all know that She mentioned that she listens to It Dies Today And then all of a sudden the band comes back Uh, They're playing a reunion show at the Furnace Fest In Birmingham, Alabama on September 24th uh, Remains to be seen What It Dies Today is going to Continue to do from here on out uh, But if you're a fan Of the band man you should be fucking excited Uh, Pearl Jam's Mike McCready Apparently is writing a rock opera About the grunge years That's right If, if you didn't live the grunge years Like I did and had to Endure all of that Then yeah you can watch this This uh Apparently this rock opera uh, But he wants to honor Chris Cornell And all the other legendary figures of that of that era Obviously Kirk Cobain, Lane Staley, so on and so forth um, Yeah, I guess apparently he told Guitar World That he was inspired to write it um, After Chris Cornell's death Here's what he said I look at him as one of the greatest singers and songwriters of all time Aside from being a friend, I love Chris, and I'm working on a little project about the Seattle scene and a musical kind of rock opera thing. He's part of it. I'm just in the middle of it. I'm working on a script, and I've got about 18 songs that I'm working on, and I'm singing on it. It's been a long journey. Um, apparently, he shared uh, an acoustic track called Crying Moon, and apparently, that's part of the the upcoming rock opera. So make sure you check that out for just a little bit of a taste. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all know we all know how huge grunge was. Um, I'll never fucking forget it, especially that that first wave. And it's crazy to think because I know bands like Soundgarden and you know Allison Chains and all those were around essentially before you know, smells like Teen Spirit came out, but and I remember Man in the Box. I remember it very well. And I remember playing on MTV Headbanger's Ball. And remember thinking, oh, this is just another metal band. You know what I mean? Like, um I didn't really notice a grunge difference, to be perfectly honest, or or the term grunge until Nirvana came out. And when that Song "Smells Like Teen Spirit" debuted it on MTV. I'll never forget watching it for the first time, um, and just being like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" And I'm gonna be honest with you. I know it's an unpopular opinion. You can hate me now. I know all the posers out there wearing Nirvana shirts as we speak. All this young generation wearing the Nirvana and smiley face shirts. Yeah, you can you can hate me all you want. Uh, but I was not a fan. Not a fan. And I'm not afraid to say it. I mean, you shouldn't be afraid to say... Listen, I've got friends who are ballsy, right? I love Rush. They tell me all the time they fucking hate Rush. What am I supposed to do? Not be friends with you because you hate Rush? You know, and if they said they love Nirvana, I'd be like, oh, I, when Nirvana first came out, I fucking hated Nirvana. You know, it is it, it is what it is. Um, but obviously, it was a huge movement. And it brought... It brought a different music. Let's be honest, dude. Let's all be honest, okay, with ourselves here. Yeah, the 80s were fun, right? They were fucking great. 80s were fucking great, right? But how ridiculous was music getting at that point? How saturated was that music scene getting at that point? I mean, bands like, and I still love bands like Warrant but bands like Warren and Firehouse and Trickster and fucking you name it. I mean, they were coming out and the scene was just so saturated. The only bands that I thought deserved any attention out of that eight, out of that late 80s rush of music was bands like Skid Row, bands like Tesla, and bands like Extreme. Here, here are three bands doing something completely different, and obviously Guns N' Roses. But Guns N' Roses, you know, was Guns N' Roses. The you know, the it is what it is. But those other those three bands that I mentioned were the only bands that really deserved any attention because they weren't hair metal bands, not by a long shot, not by a long shot. They weren't as cheesy and corny as tough okay, they weren't, what was Tufts' big thing, electric boys with toys or whatever the fuck that shit's called you know, garbage garbage, just plain garbage, there was a lot of garbage in that late 80's scene and unfortunately bands that deserved attention got looped in with all that bullshit so when when grunge came around, grunge was the cleansing, right, Because Grunge was like, listen, man, you guys can write songs about, you know, uh, your innuendos, about eating, you know, girls out and and having fun and drinking beers all day. But, dude, we're going through a crisis here, you know, in, in the world. And I always said the world always reflects what's going on in whatever scene. Horror movies, the realities of the world always reflected horror films. And the same thing boats true for music, you know. The 80s was very, was all about the character, you know. The the 80s was very character-driven. That's why you had characters like Bono and Madonna and, you know, and and so on and so forth, right. Very character-driven. You get to the, and, and even look at some of the 80s horror films. Very outlandish. You know what I mean? And and really reflected what was going on at the time. Then you get to the 90s and everything changes, right? We start noticing that, man, maybe life does suck a little bit. You know, and there's all these pressures. The only thing I didn't like about the grunge scene was it was the death of the rock star. I I kind of thought, you know, they they were kind of trying to be the anti-rock star. You know what I mean? Like... You shouldn't be a David Lee Roth type. You know. It's not cool anymore. It's not cool. Anyways, let's move on from this bullshit. I've had enough talk of of that scene for one night. Uh, Blake Ibanez from Power Trip is not sure if Power Trip will ever come back. Um, but he did say he was optimistic. He said, for Power Trip to perform without Riley... It would take the right person being brought into the fold to make Power Trip something new. But not, excuse me, but not too new because we've got a lot of pride. We wouldn't do anything that was inauthentic or cheap just to get back out there. I don't think we would ever do that. The time could come, but for now, I'm not sure. I'd love for that music to see the light of day again. It would be awesome to play the songs again because Power Trip... Has a place in a lot of people's hearts So I'm optimistic that one day it'll happen But I don't know when that will be For now I'm happy with what we were able to do And that's never going to change Because the songs and the fans still exist Even though Riley is gone And that is so true Riley was such an iconic figure in metal um, Of the new millennium and And it was sad It was very 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 sad to see him go uh, but I have to agree with him. You know, you don't want to cheap it out. You don't want to do it too soon and it completely sucks or whatever. So, you know, I got to agree with, with him right there with Blake. Uh, do it when the time is right. And uh, if you want to right now, uh, Blake Ibanez formed the band Fugitive. Uh, drummer Chris Alsh has been busy with bands like Innumerable Forms and Devil Master. So if you want to hear more from these guys, make sure you check those bands out I'm sure they would be much much Appreciated on uh, Ungall is bringing the heavy metal On their new track Called Velocity SEP and they've Announced a new record That's right the legendary heavy metal legend Sirith Ungall uh, Will release their second reunion album Called Dark Parade It comes out on October 20th And the band is streaming Velocity SEP Make sure you check that out Uh, And according to the band It's about what happens when we sell That which we hold dear Our soul if such a thing exists Our dignity, pride And whatever else we have that will help seal the deal In an endless pursuit of money Power, glory And dominion over others There you go Sarathon Gull is going to be performing A special record release show on October 20th At the Roxy in Hollywood, California which is the band's first Los Angeles appearance in 35 years, people. The performance is going to include Dark Parade in full, as well as uh, a bunch of fan favorites that you can check out. There's plenty of pre-orders available, so make sure you check it out. All right, that's going to do it for Rock and Metal News this week. It is time for our last band's You Should Know Artist. And I got to be honest with you guys. If... We were doing what guys in the 80s did, right? When they were looking at metal albums, they always bought albums based on how badass the album cover was. If that was the case, this week's second band that we're about to play on the show would definitely be a band that I would see the album cover and be like, oh, man, this looks like this could be the shit right here. I'm talking about Sadistic Force. That's right. Blackened speed thrash metal maniacs coming all the way from Austin, Texas. That's right. They've unleashed a record that is steeped in blood and terror, cultivated from countless hours of true crime research and copious 80s slasher movie viewings. I fucking love them already. Midnight Assassin is a nine-track synthesis speed metal assault inspired by serial killers, stalkers, and necrophiliacs transporting listeners into a dark and twisted Sonic arena that exposes the harsh realities of human depravity and violence. Sadistic force prove that they are an unrelenting force to be reckoned with. Beware the Midnight Assassin. So obviously if you love bands like Midnight, Motorhead, uh, you know, Venom, Wraith, Speedwolf, Hellripper, Bone Hunter, you're gonna fucking love these guys, and I am super, super excited to play them on the show. And we are gonna check out the title track of their new album. This is Midnight Assassin, and I will see you guys all next week on Pedal to the Metal Radio, the the podcast. Here is Sadistic Force to close the show.